Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes, our brand performance podcast, where we have conversations with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs and business leaders. I like to say that when we perform, we get paid. And today, our performance conversation is with a very fascinating person. I'm actually going to let her just introduce herself. But um, the reason why we have chosen Amazoa, Amazoa is with us because she helps good leaders, busy professionals, and organizations achieve greatness. She is a master use brain and super fuel coach for high performers, and she's an executive neuroleadership coach. And so that's where our conversation is today. She's joining us from Luxembourg. And so very cool conversation coming from a very big space. And so welcome to today's episode. Thank you so, so much. I'm very, very honored to be here today. Okay. So tell us about, you know, tell us about you. What do you do? So what I do is that I help people to achieve greatness on their own terms. And simply said, that means there's so much inner struggle that we human beings have because there's all these things that we don't understand that seems out of our reach, that seems out of our control. But what science now shows us is that there's so much we can learn about our our brains and how we can navigate things like our emotions, how emotions affect our communication, the way we relate with people. Um, you know, when you feel things and you don't know how to navigate that, if it, if it, if it leads to disease what that does is that it affects everything you do if you go to a negotiation uh, sales meeting if you have to make decisions and it's coming from unresourceful emotions that are not being managed well it just makes everything go wrong and so I made it my um, I'd say my passion literally to help people to stop the bleeding heart that invisible bleeding heart because that's what I had back in my days when I didn't know that I could look at the, uh, the emotion at hand. I could feel and it wouldn't break me. Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, I didn't know that that was possible. But not only did I learn how to come out of that, I also saw and was able to observe other people who didn't know how to, how, how they behaved, right. what they didn't know. Share with us that story, um, Amosa. How did you get into this space? And, you know, what was that experience that you had that allowed you to step in and be a neuro coach? Um, when my mother died, I was 19. And I remember that the first thing that happened after the call was I was told not to cry, not to be weak, not to show any weakness. That literally changed the whole way I approached life because at 19, um, I felt, okay, if you show emotions, if you cry, then people are going to feel you're weak. You're people, that's, that's, that's a sign of failure. And now that you don't have a mother, people can read that on you, this weakness that you have. And 
it took it took four years for me to actually cry, and even that I did in secret. Okay, but why why were you held to showing emotion? Can you talk to us about that? Well, what, what, I, it, it was just it was just something you didn't do. It, it was something like you know you don't you don't um, you don't deal with that kind of thing. Don't be don't be too emotional about certain things. Literally about nothing. Be strong. Show that you're okay to the outside. You had that facade on. And that's how you projected yourself to the outer world. And you performed. And if you needed help, and if you um, were feeling anything, I, literally, I didn't grow up uh, thinking that people spoke or talked about their emotions. But as I started to work and I, as I started to study, I realized that actually what you don't feel or how you are unconsciously dealing with what you feel affects everything that happens after. So if you get angry with someone, where does that come from? That's what intrigued me. Mm. Why, what intrigued me yeah. was the fact that I had a neighbor when I moved to where I live now, I had spoken to her and I said, hello, you know, that's what people do here. Hi, how are you? Are you here with your family? She said, well, I used to be here with my family, but I lost them in the tsunami. I mean, who says that? Mm. But when she said it to me, she didn't say it with pain. She didn't say it with regret. She, it, it was as if she had come to terms with it somehow. And this made me ask her questions. And I interviewed her. And, and I was intrigued by how she dealt with it. But her dealing with it came from her actually going through all those emotions she felt. The fact that she saw her three sons and husband being washed away for example. Very, very drastic. Wow. Amazing to see how she dealt with it. And it was not by suppressing the emotions, but rather going through them. And, mm. and, and, and that made it possible for her to live on years after, to start a new relationship. So was that your catalyst moment, would you say? To, it was. To, okay. It, it okay. was. When I saw, I, I, you know, friends of mine who had experienced traumatic things like losing a child. And then this sort of made me go back to my situation where I thought, you know, I was shipped off from Nigeria by my parents for a better future. I was 17. But nobody explained what that meant. It was just being... Wow, everything that I knew myself to be was cut off. It, it was no more, it, it didn't exist anymore. And somehow you just swallowed it, right? And then mom uh, passed away and we were told, be strong. And so again, I didn't get to, I didn't get to express emotions. And over the years, it gets exhausting when you have all these suppressed emotions, when, you're, when, when it feels as if you can't breathe because you dare not show an emotion because you're thinking every other person is watching you and can see your whole flaws. Mm -hmm. But I really noticed this. I've, you know, I've been blessed to have a field of uh, uh, humans who I could observe. Being a teacher for over 15, actually over 20 years, uh, people, you know, all both genders, people from different backgrounds. It just made me realize that as we go about our lives, at the end of the day, we are humans. And that's what intrigued me. That's what led me to think, okay, what, what are all these emotions? My reading directed me there. And then I wanted to study more about it. And then I was like, well, you know, hmm, the brain, emotions, good add-on. And that led me there too. And the more I understood that 
you can believe in, you can be spiritual, you can, you can be religious, whatever, but there are also things that you can control. When people bully other people, which I observed so often, and I experienced myself for three years, what I was intrigued in what, what, what makes somebody do that? What must be going on? And what did you find out? Is it placed on them, the bully, or the victim? What I literally noticed and learned, what I found was that when we feel emotions, we have a limbic system. I like to refer to it as the inner mind chihuahua. That's just me. (laughs) The inner mind chihuahua, your best friend, always listening to what you have to say. The only problem is that it never listens to the whole story. It has just one thing to do to watch out for. Fear, threat, danger. Fear, threat, danger. And so when when that part of our brain, the amygdala, the limbic the limbic brain, the emotional brain, when it becomes triggered, we are not able to think logically because it takes up all the energy and it tries to help us feel safe. It's the, the, the biggest human need that we have as humans, safety. And there are so many things which the amygdala thinks or senses, oh, this is dangerous. New change at work, oh, that must be dangerous. Um, a new boss oh, that must be dangerous, right? Mm. Somebody got a promotion. There are so many things. So there are so many things that trigger the amygdala that puts us in a sense of, oh, okay, fear. Is that, am I being one-upped? Is this a threat situation? Is it a a situation where I'm going to lose something? And that triggers this feeling of not feeling safe. So you either fight, you, or you flee, or you freeze. You imagine a person who just reacts. And when you react, you are reacting with your primitive brain. You are not actually um, operating from your prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO seat of the brain. You're not thinking because you need to be safe. But we don't have a tiger running after us anymore. Right. If right. you are if you're reading a CV and you're on uh, just an example, you're reading someone's CV and you are the hiring uh, agent, and all of a sudden your amygdala becomes so triggered that you put that CV aside because you don't know that unconsciously you feel threatened by the fact that that CV is showing that that person is more qualified than you, and that person can take your job. Mm, so this is how you played into the workplace, into Absolutely. the business. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so that's literally how I have really come into working with people to understand, you know, making them aware of what they, what, what do they feel? Label these emotions because you can't change your behavior. You can't have a positive effect on your relationships or the way you communicate or the way you understand things if you don't label what you feel. Okay, so I'm curious too then, Anamosa, who comes to you? Like, who are the clients that you serve as a neuro coach? And what are the problems that they see themselves with? So the kind of people that come to me are, I'd say, aspiring leaders. I have a lot of females who are in top, I'd say, C-level positions mid managers who are looking to get for to go for promotions, who just feel they're they're told they're emotional. They don't know how to lead people. They don't know how to delegate. And they feel that they bring so much to the table and still 
they struggle. So their communication is affected and they sometimes feel it's the other person. It does help to actually check. It takes two to tango for sure. Mm -hmm. But it is so important to become self-aware of things within. I recently shared something about visiting your own private self-museum. Mm, because it's, sure. it's, it's so easy to tell people, let go, just change. But I love giving people something practical to say, fill your heart with compassion. Fill your heart with a space where you don't evaluate and you don't judge. And you just observe. What do you have there? What is hanging there? What, 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 in this, in this, what representations do you have? What images do you have in yourself when you do that with compassion and that you feel this is no more representative of who I am today? And it's not something that I want to carry on into the future. So this, is, this means learning to create a safe space within yourself. Because when you're able to do that for yourself, we talk a lot about EQ, emotional intelligence. You are not going to be able to empathize and lead anybody if you can't lead yourself. And that's where it starts. My grandmother always said, what you cannot see in yourself, you cannot see in others. And we have mirror neurons. You can't hide it. Right. You, you, you can't hide it. Mirror, you, people think like, oh, I'm just going to act as if everything is okay. But the mirror neurons, this is something biological in us. You will sense it if somebody has an issue with you, or if, if something is off, you will sense it. So why don't we start um, addressing those things that make us human, that we say we are emotional beings, and it's not a weakness, it's not something bad to have emotions, rather emotions are calls for us to change something, to redirect ourselves, to course correct. They are asking us for, uh, for, for us to, ch to change something so that we can release the dis-ease which we feel before we become so reactive that our actions will actually turn out negative and so unresourceful, not only to us, but also to the people that we are trying to serve. How do you do that? Like, so how do you take the, the, the concept or the philosophy and actually make it a tangible process for the people that you work with? How I do it is that I always start with the brain. It's so funny. People will say, why do we have to do that again? And I say, <laughs> I, I'm like, well, I'm just going to teach you the three parts of the brain that you need to know. We don't need to go so technical, okay? Right. You've got a primitive brain. That's the one that allows us to breathe, uh, to do all those 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 things that the body does that we don't need to think about, okay? Digestion and, and all those things. Um, then you have your limbic brain, okay? Uh, I teach them what exactly this part of your brain is responsible for. Um, your creativity, your spirituality, your ability to really be creative and in, to, to tap into your intuition. That comes from that area. And then you have your PFC, the prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO of the brain. It's the, it's, it's the one that really directs everything. It's where you, you have logical thinking, you're rational, but that alone is not enough. You, it has to, there has to be a super, I'd say a tango dance, a nice smooth dance with your, <laughs> your limbic system. 
And so you need to know which, when, what is overloaded. I'll give you an example. If you are finding it very difficult to focus, if you're getting distracted, most likely you have too much on your plate. And the PFC is a very small stage. It can't take too many cognitive uh, tasks at the same time. So if you want to be productive, if you want to attain peak performance, you have to know what is blocking you at what point in time? You need to be able to recognize and say, okay, I'm having a limbic moment here. I catch myself. I'm like, okay, Omozua, you're having a limbic moment. You're being all emotional. So you need to identify. And you see, it's a very, it doesn't, it's not, I know it sounds a bit simple, but it really isn't that complex to note right now. Can I focus? Am I motivated? Do I need to stop what I'm doing to tap into my insights? Maybe I just need to go for a walk and just let my brain calm down. What part of your brain? Your PFC, because that is where you are negotiating. That's where you're making decisions. That's where you are um, distinguishing what is what steps you are supposed to take. If you're in sales, how am I supposed to present this to someone? If I am managing uh, a team who the morale is low, how am I able to motivate them? How am I able to inspire them? Right, right. And so that's it connects at a different level, a much different level. Okay, so can you share with us, um, give us some insight as to... Um, you know, we, we, we know the background story, right? So your, your mother's passing really mm-hmm. led you into, into this. And then you've obviously dove just straight deep into all of the, the learnings in connecting people. You're bringing it to the, the business world and sharing. And um, how does this play into people's performance? And when you say, you know, achieving greatness, talk to us about that high performance and that greatness and um, how all of these dots connect for you. And what's the greatest thing that you like to share when you're on stage speaking about it? Mm -hmm. That's a very beautiful question. So how does this all connect? Um, You know, people talk a lot about stress. People talk a lot about wanting to achieve greatness. They look at, the great, at successful people and they want to be like them. But it always seems as if it's only meant for certain people, right? We, we, we spend a lot of time thinking, well, how do I do that? Is that something I can learn? Well, yes, it is something that you can learn. By understanding firstly how your brain functions in a very simple way and then understanding the problem or the issue when you don't understand how to deal with your stress. People talk about stress as if it's a a terrible thing. And indeed, it is terrible when we do not know how to catch ourselves and, and then become reactive. So we need stress. You're right. You see, if you if you're sleeping, you're not stressed. And so you're not going to feel motivated to do anything. But think of people who uh run the athletes at the Olympics, I mean, if, if they were not stressed, if they had no stress, they won't feel motivated to win. Mm, so right. we can super feel stress in such a way that we, we need it for our brain to actually be active, to, for our brain to fire. They say brain cells that 
that you know the you need the brain cells to fire together you need them to be able to help you to get those insights to think beyond the obvious that doesn't happen if you have no stress because if you have no stress that means you're sitting down watching tv and just doing nothing you know lying on the beach right, you're not right. stressed but we need to know when stress is a good thing for us to actually um perform at high levels there's a certain threshold that we must not pass because then it becomes too much and when it becomes too much what happens is that the brain shuts down it doesn't feel safe the limbic area becomes triggered another thing is habits People talk about, you know, how can I change my habits? How can I, these are, there, there are ways of changing these habits, reappraising situations, identifying what the habit is, and also then finding anchors that help us to catch ourselves when we are falling back into old patterns. Okay, so when we talk about stress and how to manage it, so, um, you know, dealing with overwhelm right? Yeah. And so yeah. we're going into stress, understanding is, you know, I'm just completely overwhelmed. And that overwhelm has led to a negative pressure and that negative pressure is showing up through the stress that I have. Exactly. And so anchoring through really catching mistakes before they become habits around that awareness of when we're stressed out, you know, um, we're going into a, a space that's not serving us versus, you know, anchor to knowing when I'm fully aware that I'm stressed out, yes. this is something that I can do that gets me out. So give us examples, Amosa, how you would get people, like what would one of those anchors be? So what I say is, my, my phrase, I always say I'm having a limbic moment right now. Limbic moment means if I don't catch it, I'm going to be reactive. So what I always tell myself is that when I catch myself going down, I go, Amo, you're having a limbic moment right now. What is it that you are doing that is, what has triggered the, the thought process? What has distracted you? It takes daily practice. There's just no other way to tell people how, how to do it other than you need to catch it. Don't judge yourself. Don't evaluate yourself. And when you do that, sometimes you need to walk away from your table. I don't know. You're trying to write an email and you're blocked. You're trying to um, find a name for a new product. You're trying to write a pitch and you're blocked. That means right now, what is it that you need? You need something that will help you with your creativity. So move away. If you're trying to process all of this by thinking too hard, you are overcharging your brain and it's not going to serve you. So by understanding what is happening in these simple ways, we can use strategies to prevent the emotional brain from bypassing the PFC, the CEO of the brain, and helping them to interplay together in harmony. Because mm -hmm. if you want to be creative, you need to be able to shut down that tough thinking. That's the last thing you need. But if you have a negotiation, you need to shut down and make sure that your emotional brain, the limbic area, is calm so that you can focus Hmm. on what is going on. So these are the strategies that I would teach. And again, they are only understandable if we, I, that's why I start with the brain in a very simple way to explain to people that they catch themselves and know where am I operating from right now? And that is what leads to self-awareness because you are able to identify your triggers. And that is beautiful when you're able to identify your triggers, when you learn, stop. Mm. 
mm. breathe right. when you learn stop go to the go and get yourself some water i have people record a few sentences of affirmation you know affirmations go find somewhere quiet and just listen to those words or say your power word. Okay, so as we're coming into the close of this episode, mm -hmm. um, for those of us who've not been to Luxembourg, can you share what it's like to live there? Give us, give uh, us a, a, just a vision of um, what it's like to, to be in Luxembourg. Um, driving through fields of green, it's in the heart of Europe. It's very, very green. In summer, in autumn, I mean, the colors of the, of the landscape is just fantastic. It's a very small place, but I love it. Imagine sitting there in the square and you have uh, on your left people speaking Portuguese. You have on your, in front of you, opposite you, you have people speaking in French. You have the different accents of all the English, different English people who are here, right. you have uh, Spanish, you, it's just so, it's very colorful. It's so, um, and, it, and it's again, small and calm. So if you needed to have some action, it's absolutely easy to go to Paris. I get to Paris. I like to go to Paris sometimes for pancakes. So I get there in three hours. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to go to Brussels, it's um, yeah, th also three hours. In Germany, I can be there in uh, an hour. It's, it's so central to everything mm -hmm. and, and calm and quiet enough. The children who grew up here, they, they grow up with four languages. I know a lot of Americans who send their kids to Luxembourgish schools mm -hmm. and the children speak Luxembourgish, French, German, uh, just like that. Like it's the most natural thing. So all these kids, it's very, very natural that if they went to school here in Luxembourg, mm -hmm. they speak four languages. It would be very odd if they didn't. Wow. Most of the time. Okay, yeah. so do you? Have you adopted all four languages? I speak Luxembourgish, German, French. My French is shaky, but uh, I sp yeah, when actually when I when I'm negotiating in my mind, mm-hmm. I speak nice. German. German, <laughs> German is German is the la my go-to language okay. where I get my points across. So I love it very much. That's nice where it stands <laughs> tall for you. Okay, so um, Anamosa, we have learned so much from you today, and just understanding your area of expertise and your level of service. Where can we find you? What's a website, or or how can we connect to you? Well, here on LinkedIn, I share a lot. I share videos, um, articles, and uh, send me direct messages. I also have a website, which is my name, omozua.com, omozua.com. So please, yes, uh, that's where you can find me. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, sharing more knowledge about the brain and how we can unleash our potential in actionable and easy, simple to understand steps. And I love to help people do that. Love it. Oh, right. And so to learn more about Anamosa, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can add her to your circle of influence and connect to her resources. Anamosa, thank you so much for joining us today. This was thank absolutely you. fantastic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank absolutely. you. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for this partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. 
To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.